NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters. The hockey moms and hockey dads and everything else that makes this house of hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our house. house. Welcome to a brand new episode of the House of Hockey podcast. This is episode 49. I'm one of your hosts, Ray Ray. And I'm your other host, Breezy. And we've got a pretty interesting guest on this week. We took it down the coaching, training, uh, teaching the next generation of hockey players, new hockey players. And we interviewed Danny Heath, who has started a online training program called Project Hockey. And they're doing amazing things with this online platform. Everything from bringing in, you know, former players, current players to come do special talks in their platform, uh, training skills, teaching from everything from mental visualization tools to skills on the ice. Yeah, and they also have a podcast, so they bring on current and former players as well. Uh, you'll hear Danny talk about that a little bit, and you'll have to check them out because they have a, a great podcast as well. Yeah, and Danny played hockey for a long time, and so he knows what's what's going on, and you're going to hear his love and passion for the sport come through so strongly um, in his interview, like his gratitude for the sport and how important it is for him to give back to the sport, which is something that I think all of us strive for. And, you know, when we're in the hockey community, as we are, you know, we want to help and and promote and share and, and do all of this for the sport that we all love, right? Exactly. And the coolest thing about this, uh, Danny was so nice to actually uh, help us out a little bit. And we're going to do a little bit of a giveaway later this week. So on Friday, you're listening on Tuesday, hopefully, maybe once this comes out. But if not, on Friday, we're going to do a giveaway. Uh, Danny is giving away a half year subscription uh, to Project Hockey. uh, And that's pretty awesome. So you get to take advantage of the app and all the coaches and all the amazing things that they're doing. So, and I think there might be some other portion to that giveaway that he may throw in there for us. So yeah, some we'll swag. keep that a secret. Yeah. Maybe some <laughs> swag. We'll, we'll see what happens. So we'll see. Uh, stay make tuned sh- for that. Yeah. Make sure you're following us on social media, on Instagram at house of hockey podcast. If you aren't already, uh, those details will be there. Let's uh, there's some, Big news that Breezy is dying to celebrate yeah. and tell me all about. So 
what is happening? What is so exciting? Oh, oh my gosh, I am like jumping out of my chair. <laughs> I saw this this morning. My boy Roman Yossi and his wife Ellie just welcomed their baby boy. And the coolest thing about this is they chose my favorite name of all time. I thought you were going to say they named their son Breezy. And I was going to be like, what? That okay. would have been awesome. But no, but he, that's like my favorite name, Luca. I love the name Luca. It's Luca James Yossi. I was so excited. He looks so happy. I. It's just crazy. I love Aww. that guy so much. It's insane. Luca James Yossi, welcome to the world. <laughs> yes, welcome, Luca. Um, I don't know. I was super excited. Ellie was, I, I follow Ellie. She's really cool. If you don't follow her, she's awesome. She posts a lot about her health and wellness and food she eats and all this stuff in her dogs. And she's honestly uh, just a cool human being. Her and uh, her and Yossi are a good mit, uh, pair, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, um, what was I going to say about this? I don't know. I forgot. I'm so excited. I don't, don't even know what I'm talking about. New baby. I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I follow Ellie and she was stressing out because Roman is leaving on Sunday, which is we're filming this on Saturday. So mm-hmm. Roman's leaving on Sunday. She was afraid that the baby was not going to be there on time and he wasn't going to be there. So the fact that he was there when little Luca was born is awesome. So that makes things even better. And I just couldn't be happier for him. So I'm so excited. Yes. I I feel like I know them. This is so (laughs) weird. (laughs) It does. Like we do have that feeling and I'm sure people listening feel like they know us, right? Like to some degree. Um, It's, it's such a weird time of of when they share on social and we share that people feel like, but yeah, there's like some sense of knowing who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy how like complete strangers, and I'm sure like this is with athletes and celebrities and everything, but it's like, it's weird how someone can mean so much to you in your life, but like you've never met them before. So it's like, this is just so weird. Like, I just can't wrap my head around it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love Roman so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about Britney Spears. Right? Britney. You know what? There's a lot of weird stuff going on with Brit. Okay, so I finally had time to watch the New York Times documentary about her and her conservatorship. And I'm going to keep this short because I could really, um, I could do like a whole podcast. I love her. Mm -hmm. I support her. I've always been an advocate for her, um, even in her darkest days that like the girl just was having a lot of mental health struggles. um, And Mm -hmm. that was just not something that was talked about at that time. Like today, that mental health conversation is so much more part of um, society and it's becoming more sort of normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was very interesting to watch. F- hashtag free Britney. She, <laughs> I want that girl to be happy and healthy and well and performing yeah. again and making new music and just like feeling her best self and, and getting to see her kids. And um, yeah. that's that's I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> But know, I feel I, like I know her. <laughs> right. I feel like I've told you this before, but my sister-in-law's best friend works at a restaurant close by that Brittany goes to often and I'm like I'm always like hey uh so how is she in real life like you know because like I grew up listening to her obviously and she goes she doesn't talk her security guard has to talk for her so like it just shows like something crazy is going on but I don't know I haven't watched the documentary yet um it's good and 
Speaking of Roman. Yes. Okay. So this video was reposted, I think, by the Preds um, like a couple weeks ago. But we didn't – we forgot to talk about it. And I wanted to talk about it because – um, when Shea Weber and Roman Yossi were on the Preds, they did like a, an undercover prank video where they were dressed literally just as themselves and were standing <laughs> in front of what's the arena called? Bridgestone. Bridgestone Arena, interviewing yeah. fans like, who's better looking, Ro- you know, Roman <laughs> or Shea? Or like, who's your favorite player on the Preds? And like, they're doing the interview. Like, Roman Yossi is interviewing people and nobody knew who they were and right. I was like how is this possible like how do you not know like I would know if Patrick Kane dressed literally just as Patrick Kane in no fucking disguise whatsoever no yeah. mustache no nothing like I would know that Patrick Kane was interviewing me especially if I was standing in front of the United Center like right I would know who that was and yeah. I would probably be freaking out but like yeah would you wouldn't wouldn't you know if Roman Yossi was interviewing you and you were in front of Bridgestone? Absolutely. There's like you no, wouldn't be I mean, confused. I feel like I would I could spot him out in a crowd. I feel like I could spot a lot of players out in a crowd with like no disguise and whatnot, but there's a lot of players I wouldn't know. True. Just that's just what it comes down to. But I mean I mean, if you're a hockey fan, you probably know the players you know the team you know you know certain things about them I feel like sometimes maybe in the moment like if you're unexpecting like oh well why would this guy be out like there's no way like he would be out here doing the interview but at the same time you'd be like okay well I'm not like I'm not that dumb I might be dumb but I'm not that dumb like they, <laughs> like they were hiding in plain sight like they were yeah. not disguised at all whatsoever yeah right and they're and on their faces are on a giant sign yeah. plastered on Bridgestone Arena behind them. So like yeah. they're stars. Like if you follow hockey or the Preds, like you would know who they are. Like I would yeah. recognize Seabrook or Keith yeah. um, and Kane and Taze. Like now some of the younger guys, the newer players, probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like you know we would definitely I I I can't say that I could. If you did like flashcards with me of like yeah. all the faces of the Blackhawks on the current roster, like I probably wouldn't get all of them. I yeah. get, I'd get, I would say at least half. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of new faces, and I haven't been like actively studying um, yeah. their face, right? Like I know right. might know their name and where they play on the line, but like if uh-huh. I, I had to identify them in a lineup, it would definitely yeah. be harder. It's I funny. Think- I uh, I had a cousin a cousin who's up in toronto he's a diehard kings fan and he was visiting out here one time this it's not my story to tell but i'm just telling it anyway because they're not going to come tell it for us um <laughs> he was staying at an airbnb in manhattan beach which is if no one knows that's where pretty much all the kings live and one of my best friends who's my sister amanda tomzak uh <laughs> she it's technically like her her cousin um i'm just a cousin by blood or not by blood by association, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they were at, she was staying with them in Manhattan Beach and they ended up going to Target because they needed to get some stuff. And um, Chad, who's diehard, absolute diehard, like a fanatic, like a freak, he turns the corner and he sees uh, Nick Shore, who was on the Kings. I think he's currently playing in Winnipeg, but don't quote me on that. He was like fourth line guy, like, no, it's just Shorzy, you know, like he's just a guy. 
and he sees him. And I remember them telling the story that he was like, oh, my God, it's Shorzy. He's getting some toilet paper. Oh, my God, he's a real human. <laughs> it was just funny. But anyway. See, yes, I think that's a good, great story that explains the breadth of hockey fans. Yeah. Um, and this was pre-COVID. Like, COVID wasn't even a thing yet. So he was right. stocking up on toilet paper before. It was, like, a thing that he needed to actually do. <laughs> I feel like we should ask Shore is like, why do you, why were you stocking up on so much toilet paper, bro? Yeah. Like, what's happening? I actually think that if I remember the story correctly, he ended up seeing Chad and was like, oh my God, like this guy is like freaking out over me. And so he started to like avoid them in the aisles and Chad's like chasing him, but like he keeps like turning his back. It's I don't know. Funny. It's too funny. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know what I would do. I, I, I mean, we've talked about our interactions with celebrities and, and how yeah. we approach people and stuff. But, like, if I saw somebody in the wild, like, let's just go with, like, if I saw Patrick Kane at the grocery store. Like, my first instinct would be, I got, we got to get him on the pod. Like, I got to go up to him and be like, hi, I have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, why come on the podcast? Because, <laughs> like, my mind goes into producer mode first and then second would be fan i would be like oh my god i just want to like tell him like i love watching you play um congrats on the baby because again it's that feeling we were just talking about of how like we feel like we know them like kaner just had became a dad and had a baby like i would want to just say something but as i have discussed here on the show the steve carell incident (laughs) i flub all the words and they come out all kinds of wrong when i when i try to talk to these people in real life um yeah which is ironic because we talk to all kinds of people on this podcast and i do in my in my other day job and i don't have any issue um it's it's that it's a weird uh it's a weird thing. I'm sure there's some psychological definition for like why we think celebrities we know them, but either yeah. way. Like if you saw what would you do? Like what would you do if you saw Austin Matthews at the grocery store? Like how would your brain process that? I don't know. I'm weird when it comes I think I've just been around a lot of like I don't want to say like I've been around a lot of celebrities, but I technically have. Like, I've worked with a lot of them. So it's like, I don't really get starstruck or anything like that. So if I saw Austin, like, I'd probably just be like, what's up, man? Uh, Congrats on the win or something, you know? Like, I wouldn't, like, make it weird. Like, I don't know. But you would say something. Maybe, yeah. Or, like, if I made eye contact, maybe I'd give him, like, a thumbs up or what's up, dude? Like, like a head nod or something? Because that's just me. That's just what I do. Uh, I've had a lot of run-ins where I'm just like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, Like, like I know Cyrus who you story. are. Like I know who you are, and you know that I know who you are. You don't know me, but but it's just like that subtle nod. Like, yeah, I see you. Like, what's up? Like, how's it going? Mm-hmm. But like, not making it awkward. I guess I don't know. And but that's just I, me. And th- and then you would tell me this story, and I would be like, "How come you didn't ask him to come on the podcast?" I'm like, "Well, I gave him like the nod. Like, <laughs> like no. <laughs> you go, we got to make cards. You got to print out a card. Exactly. Did you did you tell him I hate his fucking bucket hats? Like, <laughs> did you say anything? Like, all like, oh, red bell peppers. I personally like the yellows. <laughs> what do you say? Sweeter. They're sweeter. Yeah, I guess." <laughs> oh my god no funny. T- that's that's how that would go yeah an unpopular hockey opinion and i love this guy i love tortorella coach torts uh 
for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's I've talked about how much I I just love his personality and he makes press conferences fantastic. Um, and he's giving us something to talk about uh, here on the podcast because he benched Patrick Line seemingly for no reason. This star player that they just got. He put the kid on the bench and people were like, what the fuck? You know, because it's like, a, but my thought is, of course, Torts did that. And what Torts had to say about why he did it was that it wasn't because of a quote, and I quote, it wasn't because of the missed assignment. There's a number of things that come into play with that. That'll stay in the locker room. So I know Torts treats everybody um, the same, right? Like you have to earn his respect and his trust. And just because you're Patrick Lyonet does not mean that you get the start just because you fucking join the team. You've got to prove it and own it. And I think Torts has a lot of locker room and, and rules and structure and, and things that we'll never know until he retires and we beg him to come on the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, it is an unpopular opinion that he should not have benched line A for whatever reason. But I actually support Tortorella and his methods that might seem maddening to people. But uh, I think that creates the team atmosphere. Like, you know, he's very much about the team and everybody has to participate and play and and get along. There are no stars because Tortorella is the star, and we all know that. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I agree with you. I think that just because you are a, a, a hot shot, you know, I'll say a hot shot, just because you're the hot shot, you're the new guy on the team, um, no, no big deal. You're the number two draft pick, blah, 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 blah. Like, just <laughs> because you're good doesn't mean that you are deserving to play. I think that there are a lot of good players that are deserving of play, mm -hmm. like our friend, Curtis Gabriel, <gasps> who's getting his yes! start today on the Sharks. We're so happy there's, for you, Curtis. Uh, there's a lot of good players who deserve to play and who put in, put in the work, but they just haven't had the opportunity yet. And why should some guy be able to, just because he's so good, so mm -hmm. talented, he's new on the team, this and that why does he get priority to play if he's slacking off in other areas like give the guys who are pushing hard an opportunity to fill in and you know get their spots so i agree and congrats curtis well deserved super excited for him yes he's playing in the first official home opener for the san jose sharks in san jose because they had started their season at home their home arena was in Arizona because mm -hmm. the county in which they play in in California um, wasn't allowing any physical contact or like what was yeah. the phrasing um, I don't remember honestly some the Bay Area the Bay Area contact it's on their weird. own terms I'm just gonna say that <laughs> they are no um that's not the right word but it's not coming to me so fuck it but the yeah. either way Congrats to our boy, our our friend of the pod, and uh, we're so happy for you. I know he's going to yeah. bring it, and he's worked hard to to earn that spot on the team, yeah. and it's well deserved. 
Yeah, and we actually were going to record uh, this episode, this portion of the episode at game time. So we decided to uh, push it up a little bit. I'm going to watch uh, the Sharks game. It's Sharks versus the Knights. Uh, I don't normally watch Sharks games or Knights games uh, for obvious reasons, but I'm going to watch it because I'm going to be supportive of our guy. And I'm so excited to uh, crack a beer for him. Oh, yes, I am excited for him, too. So cheers to you. Here's another unpopular hockey opinion very quickly. Okay. The Golden Knights, since you brought them up, their uh-huh. old gold chrome helmet. People uh-huh. were saying they, they looked like C-3PO from Star Wars. <laughs> Is that the right character? It's true. It's true. Um, it, it kind of was a lot. Like all together. Like when you They're saw them. They're flashy. Yeah, I mean they're a flashy team, so I could see where it would work, but it's it's a little bit of an overkill. It was a little too much for me because in comparison, your Kings have that like chrome helmet, which that I thought looked really cool because of the black. But it was something about that gold and like the gold color of the uniform, like the jersey. Mm-hmm. I, it was like a little like I don't like it. And that's, yeah. all, that's all I can say. I, well, I don't the like it. The, the Kings wore the chrome uh, when they did the outdoor game in Colorado, right. which had to do with like the whole Air Force thing. It was so long ago. Please forgive me. I don't know the details. But it had to do with the whole Air Force thing. So they were kind of like playing like a heritage on that. And then they ended up wearing it uh, for a home game one time because they, they brought back the jerseys. But yeah. it'd be cool to bring back the chrome helmets. I thought they were pretty sick. Um, but the gold and the Knights... It just didn't work. It worked individually, but when you put the, Mm -hmm. like, you looked at the whole team, it was like, what? Mm, No, no. It's like someone just vomited gold everywhere. They full on keshud the the Golden Knights. So, yeah. And not like, you can do gold correctly, but I think that just wasn't where it wasn't working for me. It just wasn't Mm -hmm. working for me. Nope, not working. This week's episode of the House of Hockey podcast is brought to you by... Looking to spice up your sex drive and your love life? Try Libido Drops for women. It's formulated to enrich your sexual response, arousal, and lubrication. Libido Drops are healthy and organic. Just add a few drops to water each day. Try Libido Drops with no risk, complete satisfaction guarantee, or your money back. Order your bottle of Libido Drops for women now at libidodrops.com. And we have a promo code for all of you House of Hockey podcast listeners. You will get 10% off your first order when you visit libidodrops.com. In the checkout, in the coupon code, enter HOCKEY10. That's Hockey 10 for 10% off your first order of Libido Drops. Go to libidodrops.com. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it. 
it's a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Let's throw it over to our guest this week, Danny Heath. He is a teacher by day and by night, literally. He is a PE teacher during the day. He absolutely loves it. He coaches at nighttime. He is the founder, I believe, of Project Hockey. And so he's also a coach there. He's played hockey. He also talks a little bit about the time he got a, uh, a busted face. So you're really going to like that. Um, he's originally from Arizona. So he's good friends with our friend, Lindsey Fry on the podcast. So Arizona boy turned Minnesota boy. And here he is, Danny Heath. You know, we like to hear how you describe yourself and, and what you do with hockey. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm uh, so I was born and raised in Glendale, Arizona. So not too far from you guys. Um, that's where I played my youth hockey. That's where I got my start. Uh, I started off with inline hockey. And you know, honestly, I uh, would probably have never switched to ice hockey. If you could have gone to the NHL of roller, or if you could have gone to college hockey roller, I would have stayed with it just because that was like, it's probably, I mean, I still love it more than the ice game because it, I don't know. It's just something, something I started off with. So it was like my, my baby of sports, I guess, but yeah, I grew up playing my youth hockey and in, in Phoenix made the jump to ice hockey, like last year of squirts, first year of peewees. And then um, from there on, I just, I got, I got kind of lucky. I got stuck with a few good coaches in Arizona. Um, one was Jimmy Johnson who played the national hockey league for many years. And the other was Alf Samuelson who played in the national hockey league for many years. And so both their kids were my age uh, and just got stuck on that team and played, played with them growing up. And then from there, I went on playing the USHL for a few years and then played my college hockey at Minnesota state university. Um, the most winning school in the last six years, I got to toss that in there, go Mavericks. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got my start. I wish there was some cool, like, you know, my family played, but my brother, my brother started it a little bit. Um, my mom who is Canadian, um, she never, she never played the game. And so she, she loves it now, I think, because the boys were, were super into it, but yeah, it's kind of how, how I got my start is kind of right when the coyotes came into town and it, 
kind of sparked our our generation of hockey players. Would you say growing up in Arizona that you're more of a Coyotes fan or did you uh, transfer over to a Wild fan or are you not fans of either team? <laughs> no, no, I I'm so I was a Coyotes fan my whole life. Um, but then when I so after college, I well, found my wife at met my wife at college, got married. Um, I would love to live in Arizona, but never, never going to pull a, a Minnesota girl out of Minnesota. So we are happily uh, married in Minnesota and I, I do love it. It's a state of hockey, but as soon as, as soon as we bought a house, I swore all my allegiance to Minnesota sports teams. And so <laughs> it's tough, but the wild, the wild are okay this year. It's got some ups and downs. And so, yeah, definitely, definitely a wild fan this year. And it's uh, hopefully we make a cup run here soon. I'm Minnesota sports are, uh, they break your heart a lot. And so it's, uh, it's been a tough, it's probably been four and a half, five years now that I've been a Minnesota sports fan. So it's been, uh, it's been a tough four and a half years for sure. It's been a little stale on the championships, right? Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. the, the links are good. That's our team. It's the Minnesota Gophers is the really popular, right? Yeah. No, no, not the Gophers. That's our, um, <laughs> I wouldn't call them popular, but they're, they're good this year. Yeah. So Minnesota Gophers, I mean, Minnesota has, what do we got? Minnesota Gophers, Minnesota State University, Mankato, the Mavericks. That's where I played. Um, Duluth, Bemidji, uh, St. Cloud. I think that's it. So five division one hockey teams all in one state, which is uh, pretty unique. And I think at one time they were all in the top 10, which is crazy. And so it's, that is uh, crazy. Kids in Minnesota don't know how lucky they have it, especially growing up in growing up in Arizona, where I mean the closest rink is like an hour away from me, and like literally I can look outside right now, and there's two two rinks outside, outdoor rinks that my take my three year old daughter skating on all the time, and it's like it's crazy. And there's hockey everywhere, teams everywhere. It's it's a different world here, and the cool part about Minnesota is, and I, I'm not sure um, if you guys are familiar with like the high school hockey scene, but it's uh, the kids play up through Bantams and then they go and they play for their high schools, which is crazy when you think of like in California, like that's not a thing, right? Kids play travel hockey, triple A hockey, double A hockey. And here these kids play in the, for their high schools. And then they'll, the state championship game, I kid you not, is played where the wild plays at the XL and it's 18,000, 17,000 people there to watch it. It's like, that's Insane. the one where like if people don't follow the sport but they follow on social media where the guys all come out with the flow with the yeah. hair and they all do something crazy <laughs> when they're announced right absolutely yeah we that's, uh we made it that's the, that that's them yeah <laughs> we made it to the state championship in 2015 um i think and yeah we had some kids that made the hockey hair team which was a big deal yes the it hockey hair deal. team <laughs> <laughs> And didn't somebody totally wipe out recently? Uh, there's usually one a year that they take a hard fall skating up. and Is that on purpose? I think I think some of them are. I mean, I don't know for sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever gets you on the Jumbotron a little longer, I think they're willing to do it. So Hockey yeah. guy is in it for the laughs always, right? Absolutely. Like they're always in on the joke. No way that just like randomly happens yeah but <laughs> for real it's good but yeah so tell Isn't us to, oh, go ahead sorry is it might be a rumor but i heard that college hockey and high school hockey is generally more popular than like 
the Minnesota Wild games? Uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, I, would say, I mean, in Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, high school hockey for sure. High school hockey is like, it's the craziest thing in Minnesota. Like, wow. I mean, back when there was fans, obviously, but now it's craziness. So we won't count that. But like, it's uh, it's it's insane. Like some of the games where you get rivalry games. Like I, we live in a small town. Um, and I, I live in Mankato where the university is and there's two high schools here. And when we play, when it's West versus East, it's craziness. Like it is jam packed. It's loud. It's insane. I can never grow up, like grow up in Phoenix. We never had that. Like it was your mom, dad was at the rink watching you play, maybe a cousin coming to coming to watch it cause they're in town or something. But here it's crazy. Like these kids, these kids are a big deal walking around school and it's, uh, it's cool. It's fun. It's awesome for the kids and college hockey is, is another step, obviously. And the Gophers have kind of been up and down the last few years. They're really good this year. And so they're, I mean, they're a huge buzz right now. And yeah, but then, but then on the flip side, I don't, the, the wild haven't have not, not have a sold out crowd in like 15 years or something. So it's like, I don't know, it's just all hockey all the time. It's, it's cool for me because I love hockey, but sometimes I think my wife is, uh, kind of gets sick of it but that's all right she uh she's getting there does she play no she doesn't no she she just uh she she puts up with it we watch it's on the tv a lot um but yeah she'll play she'll play with our daughter just downstairs little mini sticks but nothing too crazy tell us about project hockey then like what have, what are you doing with hockey currently tell us about that and training and and what that's all about I'm kind of all over the place. My, my full-time job is I'm, I'm actually a full-time PE teacher um, here in Minnesota and doing that online uh, has been a nightmare, but it's been, what good. are you even, what are you even yes. doing? <laughs> uh, nothing much. We do, we do some stretching, some yoga, some things like that. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, but I love it one because it's, it's awesome. And two, because it allows me to do hockey stuff and, I just believe, I believe in the game of hockey so much. Like it's literally, it paid for my college. It helped me, it helped me beat my wife. I, I like, I feel like it's done so much for me. And so a few years, once I was done playing, I actually had to stop playing hockey my sophomore year. Took too many hits to the head. I got like my eighth concussion in, in three years or something like that. And it was like getting to the point where just too much. Um, so I stopped and I started coaching and I kid you not, third game in or something like that I was on the bench coaching the high school team and I took a puck to the mouth shattered my jaw was wired shot for eight more weeks and it was like can't stay away from those hockey pucks and so it was uh that was an interesting experience and that was right around Christmas time so you're like all these all these awesome holiday food good thing is I love eggnog so I was able to <laughs> work that through my wires but it, uh, it was crazy, but can't get enough of hockey. So I stuck around um, and I'm just trying to give back as much as I can and help as many hockey players as I can. And that's why, like, that's where the project comes from, from project hockey. And I mean, I do a lot of camps and I do, I do some of the skill work here for Minnesota state, like the university here, but um, project hockey is, and it started because I was that, like I said, I was that kid from Phoenix, Arizona that, that I would literally run home and be like, mom, how do I get better at hockey? I'm tired of getting beat by all my friends. These California teams are coming over and beating us. And it's like, how do we, how do I get better? And she'd be like, Danny, I don't know how to play hockey. Just take your little stick thing and get out of here and go stick handle. And 
I would literally take my stick and my golf ball, go stick handle in the kitchen, end up breaking something of hers. And she'd be like, you're done with hockey for the day. Have a great night. And so that was like my at home hockey training back then. And just wasn't very good. And so I wanted, um, and of course I was doing everything at the rink and shooting and all that stuff with the coaches, but. You, you're telling me it. you weren't in the backyard with Austin Matthews, like doing inline <laughs> and stuff like that. Like that's what everybody automatically thinks right nowadays when they hear Arizona and know, like right? hockey, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I doubt, uh, yeah. You weren't I mean, melting uh, outside in 110 degrees on the <laughs> pavement where your puck's melting and the tape on your stick is melting. Right? Like it gets yeah. too hot. It's too hot there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Austin was in Arizona when he was floating those Mars blades around, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we definitely played outside. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, like I said, I went through, I played in USHL and then was done playing at college and I, I just wanted to get back and find a way. And so I think it was about three years ago, we started to uh, launch what's project hockey and basically in a nutshell um, project hockey is a at home training app for kids. And like I said, we were around pre COVID a long time ago because the local associations just needed help because not every association, not every coach in the association played hockey at the highest level in the world. And so what can we do for them? Like they worry about on ice stuff and then project hockey was something that they could literally click and be like, here's what you're doing for off ice. And they could start to assign it for kids and things like that. And so it took off half of their work, right. And they could just focus on the on ice product. And um, it kind of started to evolve where we're at now, like where we have, we're working with over 60 youth hockey associations where we have a lot of, a lot of members that um, take part in project hockey. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like the kid logs into the app and it's, it's basically like the Facebook for hockey players. Like they can, we have mindset videos there. We, we have, um, we have hockey IQ stuff where we're breaking things down in there. We've got skill set sessions. We've got daily challenges. It's, it's, it's really cool what we do. Um, and we just signed, uh, Maddie Rooney, who's the U S Olympic goaltender. Uh, she's one of our coaches. Like we have, we have a girl or we have a goalie side and a, a player side. So we have training for both. And it's, it's really cool. Like we work with, work with a ton of different coaches from around North America that put content in the app. So any day you can be getting coaching by, from an NHL hockey player all the way, you know, to a college hockey player. It's, it's really cool what we're doing. And it's, uh, it's fun. And we, we've been reaching out to associations since COVID hit um, and just been trying to give our program away for free and hey, take it for, for two months, whatever. Usually we, we give it to associations for two months, totally for free. And it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's just, like I said, it's called a project because we want to, our whole goal with it is to leave the game better than we found it. And so anyway, we can help different associations, especially now with COVID. It's just been, it's been fun. And we've seen a lot of kids get better at hockey during this time, which is something that you wouldn't have guessed if uh if you told us we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic for almost a year now it's awesome what would you say is uh some, like a a small little tip for aspiring uh players what's like something that they could do daily that would make them better that like you wouldn't normally think of that would help you other than project hockey no i'm just kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly um oh, man that's a that's a great question i think I mean, think like the obvious answer is like, you know, you can be stick handling. There's always something you can do that, that other kids aren't at home. Cause I think the game has gotten so big now that like everybody is at the rink skating all the time. Everybody is at these like dry lane facilities and shooting and doing these things. And 
our big motto at Project Talk is just you got to do the work. Like you can have as much fancy equipment as you want, but if you're not willing to put that work in, um, I think it's 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 you're obviously not going to get the reward. And I think I, I kind of take a different approach where you need to be grateful. Like hockey is a very special game. And I, I think it's the only game that actually mirrors life um, in many ways. Like it, you get knocked down, either get back up or it's going to keep going. Like it doesn't just, it doesn't just stop for you. It's not like, I know nothing against football. Trust me, I was up late watching the Super Bowl last night, but you get knocked down there, you, you reset, you try again, where in, in the game of hockey, it's a lot different. And so be grateful to it do good to the game of hockey and it will do good to you whether that's like thanking your coach when you get off the ice and it, it may not seem like it's making you a better hockey player but i can guarantee it's making you a better person and that's the usually the good people in the game of hockey are the ones that have the most success and then um the most competitive as well i think i think the game if you look at the best players in our in our game right like hillary knight uh maddie rooney you got I mean, Jonathan Tate, I mean, the list goes on and on. I like the top players in the NHL and, and on the women's side, it's they're competitive, right? Mm -hmm. And so what can you do every day to compete and get better? And there's many ways to do that. And so I, I, I think those would be the, the biggest ones is like be grateful and, and compete at everything and you're going to have success in the game of hockey. Okay, but how did you turn getting your jaw broken when you got <laughs> hit by a puck into a grateful moment? Because oh, there's yeah. moments, right, that are really, really tough in hockey. Yeah. And there's there's things that happen um, that you don't expect. Um, yeah. And just like in life. So how uh, was the positive the eggnog? Or... Uh, I do love it. No, I think, honestly, that, that was tough. I mean, I think the biggest thing was that that was like right before my daughter was born. And so then she was born and I, I got like extra time with her and... Mm. So kind of like that was that was really cool because I didn't have to I didn't have to rush back to work and uh, things like that. And so th that was huge. And then I don't know, it just allowed like it allowed like at that time in my life, I was like just getting done with college. I was flying around, moving too fast. And I, it slowed me down a little bit where it's like, hey, you might need to you might need to look around and be grateful for what you have. And I mean, that puck, that puck was flying at my face and it could have hit it could have hit somewhere else and been a lot right. worse. Um, but you know, it, it was what it was. And they actually ended up putting my teeth back a little bit straighter. So I can't argue with that either. So. Oh, hey, free braces. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a scary moment. Um, but it was and it happened in a tiny, tiny town in Minnesota. And so it was like it was a long ambulance ride all the way back to the city. And it was just it was crazy. But it was. Uh, something something i'll never forget i guess that's for sure yeah we're always looking when we talk to guests for a reason why hockey and the fans and the community are just so um, invested and committed and friendly and kind and giving and i think your answer of what you just said was the first time that's something was like oh yeah hockey really is like a real life experience yeah. out there um, yeah, it is. and it's, that's not yeah. something you can really teach you you, you ex just experience it in hockey yeah. um yeah. there's no other option you have to get up yeah like yeah. You, you if you <laughs> don't you're gonna sit your ass on the bench you know yeah i agree it's uh it's a very unique game and that's that's why like i i i gotta give back to this this game as yeah. much as i can because i feel like i've taken a lot um but it's uh 
yeah, it's it's the greatest game in the world. And so we're all lucky to be a part of it. That's for sure. Do you have any uh, fun stories from, you know, kids or coworker coaches or anything like that? Uh, I got a few. Um, I mean, there's a billion stories, right? I mean, I didn't yeah. play, I didn't play the game forever, but I, I played it for a long enough time. But our, our biggest holiday in junior hockey was was always april fool's day like that was our uh was our favorite holiday and especially so i played i played in tri-city um which is in the united states hockey league tri-city storm which is in the middle of Kearney, nebraska which is smack dab in the middle of the country which is my 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 uh i didn't know there was hockey there is that bad (laughs) but like my graduating class in phoenix where I went to high school was over a thousand. And then I went here for my senior year to Kearney senior high school, the home of the Bearcats. Um, and it was under, there was like 45 kids in the class. I was like, where am I? How did I get, how did I end up in Nebraska? But it was awesome. I loved it. Wouldn't trade it for the world, played there for two years. And then I, then I got traded to Des Moines, uh, played there for a season. I actually got to play for JP Parisi, which was awesome. It was the year, it was the year before he passed away. And so like, some of the stuff he did and he's just so smart. Like you, you understand why he played at such a high level and why he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So that was, uh, that was a cool experience. Um, but the story on April fool's day, we, we were already out of playoffs. Like our team wasn't very good. And so we were just trying to, trying to find a way to, to have some fun. And we had, we had this kid in our team's name's Alec Rush. He was going to Princeton. He's committed to go to Princeton. Super smart guy awesome hockey player, awesome kid, Minnesota kid. Um, we, we knew the local sheriff. And so we had, we had him come in to the, uh, to the locker room with one of those dogs that sniff out drugs. Right. And so we let her, it was like me and I, and I was the only one that was in on it. And then our coach, I was like, Hey, this dog, this dog's going to come in here start sniffing around and pull Alec out and basically arrest him. And so he, uh, <clears throat> the, the cop came in, he's like, where's Alec? where's Alec rush? And he's like, I'm right here. He's like, we found some traces of cocaine in your car. My dog sniffed it out. You need to come with me right away. And he's like, and he's like in half gear, like we're getting dressed to go out to practice. And he's like, what? Like, and so then he, um, he, he starts to talk to like his buddies, like that were sitting by him. And all of a sudden the cops like, shut up. Like, you need to come with me right now. It started to get like really serious. And like, I had no idea, but like, apparently the living situation, he had some real concern that he was like, oh, maybe my billet dad or someone put something in my car. And so now he's starting to like freak out. Um, and the cops like, you need to get over here right now. And then um, one of the kids from across the room yells, oh, I guess you can kiss that uh, Princeton scholarship goodbye. And then all of a sudden he starts to lose, like he starts crying and the cop's like looking at me. He's like, when are you going to pull the plug on this thing and be done with this? I'm like, no, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. And so he turns around and puts handcuffs on him and starts walking him out the back door. And like, he goes down the hallway um, and starts to leave. And then basically I told the team at that point, I was like, Hey, this is an April fool's joke. Let's all jump out. And like, so then we all jumped out of the locker room, like April fools. And he's, Oh, it was a big rely, like a big sign of relief for him, but I don't know. Probably let that one go a little too far, but I think, uh, yeah, it was hilarious, but that was, um, I don't know, just something to do to kill the, kill the day, I guess, but it was, uh, that's was pretty fun. funny. Yeah. That's, and it's that's, funny. That's a hardcore commitment when you're like 
Yeah. We, we knew the sheriff, so we we'll bring him in. in. <laughs> yeah, there was another one where we would always have, uh, like, if we ever, if we ever, ever had like media stuff to do, we'd have like a little slip in our locker that was like, "Hey, come do this." Um, and I wasn't part of this, but basically, the couple guys put slips in all the locker room, like, "Hey, photo shoot after practice, just in your gym shorts for this calendar thing," and they. Like you, these guys were like, they bought into it. Like they're in there doing push-ups and getting prepped for this photo shoot. Uh, and like all putting the, baby oil on. Like they're loving it. And they uh, they get out there and um, they like back them up to the boards and they're doing these photo shoots. And then a couple of the guys came and poured like cold water on them and ice cold water. And April Fools, it was uh, they were getting into it. I think they thought they were going to be on a big uh, a big calendar, but it was uh, it was funny. That was a good. One. But I, like I guess it. that's what you do when your team is uh, out of playoffs and you got nothing but time on your hands. But it's fun. It's a great experience. Dad, do you teach pranks in Project Hockey? Is that like a subcategory? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's extra. That's the paid money. No, it's uh, we should, we should talk about it. I think it's uh, it's cool. And they were all uh, the comp one was a little too far, but it was uh, it was controlled and it was fun. And the I mean, Alec, he was a good sport when it was all done. Plus, he he went from thinking he's going to jail to a, uh, a fun day. It was funny. It was funny, worth it, but uh, couldn't have done it to a better guy, too. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I like being pranked. Do you like being pranked, Breezy? Uh, I think okay. it just depends on what it is. Like, if yeah. it's something that, like, I feel like I know I'm being pranked, I can go along with it. But, like, if I'm sitting there, like, holy crap, like, this is not fun. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, know. I don't I don't think anybody's oh I shouldn't even say it I shouldn't even put it out there we're just gonna leave it at that I, I yeah the pranks are it's part of the game it's part of the yeah. game you gotta make sure you're on the right side of it or yes. not get too crazy but yeah oh my gosh oh, man. so what else um do you we've talked to a couple players who um have brought up uh mindfulness and sort of like visualization and like their own version of a meditation and incorporating that into their game and part of their routine. Um, what is your theory on that? And um, how do you teach players and, and people who are part of project hockey that, that side? Yeah, we do. We do a lot of that stuff. Um, we're lucky enough to have Lauren Williams on the staff who she played at Wisconsin. Um, you guys should have her on the podcast. She's, uh, she is awesome. She's uh, phenomenal. She plays pro hockey still. Um, but she does a lot with our players just focused on mindset, like whether it's goal setting or whether it's, you know, how to like, she does this thing where it's like, Hey, we're going to do your ESPN top 10 reel and like gets the kids thinking like, I want you to visualize your top 10. And so that way, when you're on the ice and you have a bad shift, you have something to come back to and be like, Hey, that's not me. What you just saw. I'm better than that. And so like they can bounce back a little quicker. And so, yeah, we do, we do stuff like that all the time. I wish I was a little bit better at it. Um, I think I'm learning a ton from her because she, I mean, she's, she's awesome. She gets it. She's, she's obviously a super good hockey player and she, she just, the mental side of the game is, is probably just as important, if not more important than the actual skill side, which is why, which is why a project hockey, like, and I always go back to like, when we make decisions for project hockey, it's like, what's best for that 12 year old kid in Phoenix that didn't have anything. Um, so 
when, if I would ask my mom, like, can I go to this mental performance coach for $500 a, a, right. a day? She'd be like, uh, no. get out of here. You'll get a job. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that's why, that's why we bring it to, to these kids all across the, all the, all across the world. Really. Like we have like five or six countries that we have members in now. And it's, uh, it's cool because I mean, she's in the app interacting with these kids and it's, um, it's something that like, you said it's it's a high ticket price but we bring it to these kids for next to nothing and it's um yeah it's awesome so i i think that's honestly it's me just learning from her and taking these these tips and tricks and then also lindsay fry who's um we love lindsay she's yeah. been on the podcast she's awesome the best yeah she so her and i grew up she's just two years younger than me um but yeah she she does a lot of mental performance coaching for our kids as well and as you know she's one of the best and she just got promoted to, or she's now the color girl for the, the Coyotes, which is yeah, awesome. I know. Yeah. And she just got married and she's like crushing Possibly. life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talk all the time. She does a lot of uh, coaching stuff for Project Hockey and helps out. I mean, yes, that girl, anytime she, she jumps at it and she's, she's always willing to help. And so she actually did a big Zoom call with all of our members and did a, uh, just like a mindset thing. Cause I'm not the best at it, but I'm always the type of person that's like, well, who can we get here to help with this stuff? And Lauren and Lindsay are two of the best, in my opinion. Dynamic duo, Lauren yeah. and Lindsay. Elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any uh, go-to pump up jams for the kids when you're, you know, trying to get them hyped up and practicing or did you have any go-to jams when you were playing? Yeah. Um, our teams were weird. Like we, um, <laughs> our pump up teams, like our victory songs one year, it was like Fergie, Fergalicious. Like we, we listened to that like 10 times a day. It seemed like, and, it, um, in Des Moines, we had party in the USA, Miley Cyrus, which was yes. a big hit. <laughs> um, that was awesome. But we only got to listen to that when we win. That was our, that was our, uh, winning song. And so, mm. Yeah, they um they didn't let me. I wasn't the DJ a lot. I was always because uh, I would probably just play country music or something easy to do because I just wasn't too into music. Um, but we used to do this this like, man, we were weird. But we used to we used to have a strobe light that we brought with us to every game. This was like on my um like my Bantam and Pee Wee and Midget <laughs> team. Like we would bring a strobe light. We'd have this grapefruit. And we'd get, we'd all, we'd find something like our locker room or some other room. We'd turn on like techno music and then whoever, like we'd throw the grapefruit up in the air and whoever caught it would have to go in the middle and do a crazy dance. And it was like, it went on and on and on and on for a while. And it was, uh, yeah, good thing there wasn't a lot of social media or anything back then that would have been uh, a little bit crazier, but um, it was fun and it got us pumped up. It got us excited um i think then one time we lost a few games in a row and our coach is like no more of this but it uh it was fun it was fun while it lasted and so yeah techno music was good yeah any signature uh dance moves from you oh man well i got a few now because my daughter she's invented some pretty crazy ones but um yeah she's got some names for them but i was never a big dancer but i'm getting better i'd say we put on She's three years old, three and a half. Well, she'll let you know she's three and a half, but we uh, <laughs> concerts almost every night and it's, uh, I'm getting better, I'd say. It's a I new chapter it. in my life. 
So you're like YouTubing videos, like yeah, hands I'll have and... to record one and send it over to you guys. <laughs> yeah, you should. I don't know if I want that out there. No, it's okay. It, that can be just like something you keep between you and your. Yeah. And your we daughter. might have to. Uh, we'll mail you a grapefruit, and then you have to <laughs> live record you like opening up the the package. The, <laughs> well, the yeah. thing was at the end of that. I guess I should tell the whole story. Whoever whoever the song ended on, you'd have to take a big bite of that thing, skin and all. And so it was like oh. the. Like let's oh. go boys type of thing, but yeah. hey, whatever it took, we won a lot of yeah. games that year, so it's good. Yeah, grapefruit power, never yeah. underestimate it. You know, Absolutely. yeah. Um, tell me what were you like? How would you describe yourself as a player when you played? Who who were you? What was your role on the team? Uh, I mean, I was a defenseman, but I just I wasn't very good at D. Like I I. <laughs> I loved having the puck and I loved trying to rush and score goals. And I don't know, I was kind of the guy that might have two goals in a game, but be a minus three. And so that was a uh, high, high risk, high reward, but the reward wasn't always there. Um, but I'd say, I'd say as like, I don't know, that's, so I was kind of that offensive defenseman that um, I was lucky enough to be a captain on a lot of my teams and that, that type of stuff, like at the time you don't know it, but it's, I mean, I always go back to like, it's setting you up for life and, and helping you be prepared for the real world. And so, um, yeah, I think kind of that leadership role. And then I was always a fan of, if you have the puck, they can't score. And so just trying to work that way. And I was lucky enough to, to play with some, some pretty good hockey players that, that could keep the puck away and put the puck in the net. So it was, um, it was fun, but yeah. What do you, how would you describe the, the next generation of hockey since you're coaching so many, you know, so you're seeing people of all ages and you've got, you know, different experts coming into the app that you're working with that are teaching different things, even from when you were playing. Yeah. Um, how would you describe that? Like this new generation? Cause I feel like there's going to be another shift even from what we're yeah. seeing the game from today, even from like 20 years ago. Yeah. I think, um, the biggest thing about like these new hockey players is they like, they just always ask like, why, like, why? And so like when I, when I was playing and growing up, when my coach told me to do something like, you didn't say why I was just like, all right, that, all right, that he knows what he's doing. And so, and it, but, but now they're like, I, I, so I work with some kids in the, in the off season, one Kyle Loaf that plays at Bemidji state university. Um, he's always asking like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing, and it's in a really good way. Like he legitimately wants to know. And I think like, as soon as you can connect that and they're, they're like, okay, I get it. This is why we're doing it. And then you get that buy-in. And so I think this, this next generation is curious because of just the way the game's going. Like you saw Crosby the other night, try to pick it up on his backhand and score a goal. It's like literally anything is possible in the game of hockey right now. And so, it's uh this next generation is they've got a lot of questions and i think now we're getting to the point where the people who are the coaches now are more willing to answer those questions where there was kind of a, a gap where it just wasn't um and so now i think that my my generation is getting to the the coaching side of things and we're helping and we're willing to answer those questions and so I don't know if that answered your question, but I'd say it's uh, these kids are creative. They're they love going to the rink. They're they're a special type of hockey player, and it's the product on the ice is phenomenal. Like the the National Hockey League right now, the the women's leagues are 
fun to watch. And it's like, I'm losing a lot of sleep because of it because they don't get to bed early enough. I wish I was on California time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it's good. It's fun to watch. What would you say is your favorite hockey moment, whether it was you playing or just watching a game or watching your favorite player? Um, wow. T- uh, well, favorite hockey moment. I'd say it, like there's, I probably got two. Like one was probably playing for JP Parisi. Um, and at the time, like, I didn't know, like he's obviously you didn't know he's going to pass away within the year, but like, he just, he had so many different things where like, I would be standing in line and I'd like shoot a puck down the rink and he'd come up and start like yelling at me. And he, I'd be like, coach, like, why are you yelling at me? I was like, I won't shoot a puck again. I'm sorry. He's like, no, I'm upset because you didn't like try to hit a puck on the ice or try to pass, like try to shoot your puck and hit like a random puck on the ice. He's like, you should always be trying to do something like that. Um, which to me is like, coaches need to hear that. Cause there's a lot of coaches that like, look at kids that are like flicking pucks around in line. And they're the first ones to say like, knock that off, quit doing that. It's like, geez, when they're just trying to get better, like it's an opportunity to get better. Like you watch national hockey league practices, those guys in the lines, they're like working on their craft. They're doing something. Why not let our kids have that creativity? And so I love that. Um, and he also like one day grabbed my stick and he, he looked at it. He's like, this is garbage. And he's got, he's got this crazy <laughs> accent. He's like, it's like, what do you mean? He's like, cause I, at the time I used a very flat curve. Um, and he's like, you need to, he put it this way. He's like, you need to learn to pass with a shooter's curve versus learning to shoot with the passer's curve. Cause he believed that like those flat ones were good for passing and things like that, but hard to shoot. And so he's like, let's get a bigger hook on that thing and learn to pass with the shooter's curve. And honestly, like I loved it when we changed because it was like once you figure out the passing side, your shot for me, your shot was way better. And I mean, nowadays the the curves are all over the place. But at the time, I was like, it was just cool. Those little details that he would he would just bring up. And he like I loved hockey. Um, And so it was cool to be around. So just that whole experience was awesome. Um, And then playing in the state tournament, it was Arizona state tournament. So we, we played, I played like my travel hockey, which was like the, the one that counted, I guess you could say. And then I played high school hockey, which was club on the side. And my brother and I got to play with it. And so got to play together and he was a junior as a sophomore and we won the state championship that year together. And it was like, it was awesome. Like the, the state tournament, um, he had, he had uh, four assists and one goal, and I had we won like five to four, I think, and I had I had three goals. One was the game winner. Um, Not a big uh, deal. Like it was just, it was cool. To <laughs> do that. And then it was really cool. They announced like the tournament or the state MVP, and they first they said Daryl. My brother's name is Daryl, and they like said his name for a second. They stopped and said no, Danny Heath, and they and like I don't know. He he beat me at everything my whole life. I was like, all right, this one's mine. <laughs> it was uh just that whole experience like with my mom and it was just it was cool like that was the coolest hockey game i ever played in um and it was this like i mean there's a lot of people i mean for arizona high school hockey there's a lot of people there and it was yeah something i'll never forget and it uh it was cool because i got to play with my brother and um we didn't play a ton i mean we did but not like not like that so it was cool to to have that experience i love that in hockey there's so many different um ways to have those these epic 
moments and memories that aren't just achieving the Stanley Cup. Like that moment with your brother and like the goals and having like all of that, I think, you know, I I don't think it's just about the Stanley Cup because there's so many great ways to play hockey today. And coming up, there's so many talented players from high school all the way through, you know, that um, will never make it into the NHL just because there's not enough physical space for it. But I think it's crazy here that there is an opportunity to have those incredible moments, um, not just lifting the cup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's only, there's only so many people that get a crack at the the NHL and there's very few that even get to, to win that thing. And so it's, yeah, I mean, I always go back to like, what can you do for hockey and what can hockey do for you? And if you, if you take care of the game, it's going to, it's going to help you out in so many ways. And, yeah, I mean, I'm living proof of that. And so it, uh, it's, uh, it's a special game. I can't say that enough. If you could choose any current player to win the Stanley Cup, who would you choose? Like, who do you think is most deserving of it? Uh, I, I mean, probably Patrick Marlowe. I think um, he uh, that guy deserves a cup. I think Joe Thornton deserves a cup. I think mm-hmm. those guys would be cool. We we uh we got to sit down and talk talk with Patrick Marlowe um and it was just he uh yeah that guy's he's literally the greatest human being on this earth and so he he deserves a cup I know he's got some gold medals which is awesome but yeah that guy deserves a cup for sure what did he have to to say yeah sorry (laughs) what did he have to say about um was it in in regards to training that you were talking to him or like just personally no, just like, yeah, just on, on another podcast. Um, oh, cool. I, do, I do a podcast as well. The let's go hockey podcast. Um, love to have you guys on as well, but it's, uh, yeah, we got to just sit down and have a conversation with him and like wow. that guy's story is something that's like, it's, it's crazy. Like he growing up, he like lived on a farm and just, that's how he got stronger is I don't even, he's, he's nuts, but he just, uh, <laughs> he's always willing to help. And he's like, I mean, the, the way like he spoke about when he was on the Leafs and he spoke about Matthews and Marner, it's like this guy, this guy is literally salt of the earth and he's done so much for the game of hockey. And obviously he's gotten a lot from it. It's been his life the last like 150 years, it seems like. And so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he just, need, I mean, he deserves that. He deserves that cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he gets it, but I'd like him to be maybe traded to the wild and then he got it. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely help the morale there in Minnesota yeah. with the championships. Yeah. <laughs> what other like pro, both current or former players, um, have you either worked with or had on the podcast that um, really like stood out to you, either in a substantial way, like him, or in a funny way, or or something unexpected? Uh and there's a few. I mean, I'd say like. Teddy Bluger, who plays for the Penguins, he's an old college teammate of mine. Um, and he's been on, he was on our, I mean, he's the guy that like, I, every time I ask him, like, can you come, he did a Q and a with our project hockey members, like a, like a very personal one. And it was, it was cool. Like when we, when we hung up, he, I got emails from our members and saying like my kid who live, he lives in Calgary. Um, he, he's never talked to an NHL hockey player and he literally got to sit down and talk to an NHL hockey player live in person for 45 minutes and and Teddy did an awesome job and like answered everyone's questions. And then when we had to get off, 
there were still questions. He had all the kids email him and he answered them again. And it's like wow. this guy who like, I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's tearing it up this year. He's like fourth on the team in points right now for the penguins. And he's, um, he's great. But I think like just the way he works and <clears throat> that guy's story and how he went from, he's, he's from Latvia and he, he just, he played at Shattuck and now he's, he's doing awesome things. And I just can't say enough good things about him. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's one of a kind for sure. Plus he's a Minnesota state university Maverick, which, um, can't go wrong with, but yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing the right things and he's getting rewarded for it right now. He's, he's starting to really find his groove and making a living out of it. I think Brucey, he might have, uh, I think Danny might have a answer to oh. our, one of our final questions. Uh -oh. I think so. Yeah. Should we jump into it? Should I ask yeah, that question first, more? actually? I think you should. I think you should, since we're talking about the penguins. Okay. Well, we're going to stay on the penguins uh, side of it. So we ask three questions at the end of every single podcast, no matter who it is. And we just decided to throw this in there because it's not that we were sick of hearing Sidney Crosby stories, but like, it was just a common occurrence. We're like, why? Let's just ask. So yep. do you have a Sidney Crosby story? Do I have a Sidney Crosby story? Um, not, not a personal one. Um, but Teddy, I was wrong. Yeah. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy would. Teddy has a couple and he just like, the way he talks about him um, and like, so in their locker room before the games, they'll have just clips playing of the other team over and over and over again on the locker room. And, like he says that Sydney is just glued to the screen and he'll be like, Teddy, did you see that? And he'll be like, Teddy will be like, what? No. What are you talking about? He's like <laughs> that goalie. Every time that puck goes behind the net, there's like a quarter of an inch that comes off his pad that you you have a clear like zone to shoot it into. And it's like, it's a, so it's like those little things that he, um, and he has that obviously why he's the best player in the NHL. Um, and so if there, people have said before, if there's a league above the NHL, he'd be in it probably with him and McDavid and that's probably it, but it's uh, maybe Matthews too, our Arizona boy, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, no personal ones. Um, I bumped into him a few times, but nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Just bumped into the, the well, Crosby yeah. eye. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of that guy's way for sure. But I mean, every yeah. is, he does things the right way and that's why. Right. That's yeah. Who he is. And that's why we asked that question on the podcast because everybody yeah. <laughs> just has a story, a wonderful story about him. It's a po yeah. it's always a positive thing. For sure. Um, so who's your favorite uh, hockey hunk? Hockey hunk. That's a tough question. I Well, I guess he doesn't play anymore, but Shane Doan, I was always just mm. a big fan of that guy. He's, he's probably the best looking guy in the world. He's like... What are you, Biz Nasty? Like, yeah, he loves just, just loves the donor. Yeah, no, but I, like I, so growing up in Phoenix, like I would, when I was playing junior hockey, I'd, the Coyotes were in town. And I got to skate with a few of them, um, like in their preseason camps. And so like got to know him a little bit and skate with him. And like, he's, he's awesome. Like you, like just sitting on the bench, like you ask him any question and one, like one day we're sitting there and I was like, Hey, who's, who's the hardest player to play against the NHL. And he's, he's like, He's, he said Nick Lindstrom and I was like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, no, not, not for the reason you're thinking, not because he's Nick Lindstrom. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, because I'll play against him and he'll be matched up with my line all night. I'll get done with the game. I won't feel tired. I won't feel bruised. I won't feel hit. I won't feel anything, but I feel like I did nothing the entire game. And he's like, just the way, 
just the way Lindstrom shuts you down and like his stick position, he's like, you literally can't do a thing out there against that guy. And he's like, I just did not like playing against him because it was just like you felt you felt like a two-year-old boy out there, he said. And it's like, it's cool. And so when you're I mean, when you're one of the best to play when Shane Doe and you're talking about people like that, it's he's got some humility to him. And it's uh yeah, and so that just added to his hunkness, I guess, for sure. But yeah. That's a good one. And who's your favorite hockey lady? <sighs> hockey lady? probably got to be Lindsay Fry. She's, she's up there. Um, she's phenomenal. Uh, Maddie, who does a lot of stuff with project hockey. She's, I don't know there's, they're like Maddie, Lindsay, Lauren, they're, they're just the type of girls that are like, how can I help? And it's like, well, we want to like help blah, blah, blah. And they're like, how can I just help? Like you tell me what I can do. And they're like, they never, they never worry about anything else except for helping kids. And it's like, we got to get those stories out there more. And so that's, I mean, that's a big part of our, our company is we're trying to help promote and, and get that out there. And I mean, you're looking at three unbelievable hockey players and it's uh, yeah, but I'd probably say Lindsay right now, especially just getting married, Arizona gal. She, uh, she gets it for sure. Did you say you grew up with her? Yeah. So she was, she played like two years behind me, but we just, the Arizona hockey world, like it's, it's a small world. And so it's uh yeah, she's uh, right around that era. So, oh, yeah, fun. That's so yeah. fun. I, I think yeah. that's cooler than playing in the backyard with Austin Matthews. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> she was always better than all, all of us, though. So it was tough to <laughs> tough to play, but uh, yeah, it was cool. We had a lot. We had a lot of good hockey players come out of that uh, out of that era, and it was uh, it was fun. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, for coming on here, and you know, you guys are doing great things with Project Hockey. So. Let everyone know where they can keep up with you and where they can, you know, sign up for Project Hockey. Sure, yeah. Um, it's just Project Hockey on all social channels. It's uh, projecthockey.com. Um, and always reach out. And, I mean, we're always doing awesome stuff with associations. And we've partnered with a, a lot of different people. We've partnered with the Arizona Coyotes, and we run their virtual hockey school. We've um, like I said, we're working with a ton of youth hockey associations. We teamed up with ice hockey in Harlem and we're, we've donated a bunch of, uh, memberships to that program and they're, they're, they're a phenomenal group to work with. And it's, it's really cool. Like it started off in Southern Minnesota and now we've, like I said, we've got members in Saudi Arabia, Japan, China, Germany, Switzerland, Canada, California. It's, um, it's cool. And I think it's cause we're doing things the right way. And, um, like I, it's not my full-time job. I don't, I don't plan on doing it for a living. I just plan on giving back to the game as much as we can. And so if you got ideas, if people are listening and how we can help, like we'd love to love to help our network, um, help yours. And so it's, uh, it's more about how we can help versus how we can make any type of money off it. And so absolutely reach out. It's, uh, like I said, project hockey and my Instagram's Danny hype, 25,000 followers. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> I was check, check say, us out. Please don't that. tell me your nickname is Danny hype. That's, uh, that's, that's a different story though, but I, it is Danny hype, but it's cause that that's, I used to, um, well, I still kind of do. I MC for some like, uh, CrossFit competition. So I get on the microphone and like yell at people working out for a while and, <laughs> they called me, they called me the hype man, Danny hype. And I changed it on my Instagram, like probably six years ago before I was even posting anything on there. And then 
That's yeah. funny. Is that what the kids at school call you? Like in your like your day job? Like are they like Coach Hype? Bring Coach Hype. Hype us up. Man. Yeah. Do they really oh, call yeah. you that or no? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, especially <laughs> in the hockey, especially in the hockey world, people give me a lot of crap for it, but it's uh, can't change it now. I just own it. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.